down, you guys. Shuffle up your deck. Loosen up your thumbs. This is Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B Powered Gaming. We're Ooh. here to talk about games. And you know, after having made the Powered Gaming intro like a year or more ago, Couple we finally years, get maybe. to talk about a game where you actually have to shuffle up a deck. It's true. There's a <laughs> real deck with which you shuffles yeah. and make the Sound. We've done dice games, yep. and we've done uh, thumbs games, I guess. But this one actually is a card-based game. It's a deck management game. I guess we did Champions. We did Marvel Champions. Yeah. I take everything I just said back. <laughs> forget this intro. Uh, forget that you have a podcast host who doesn't remember what he talked about on this show. Look, man, we've been doing this for like... <laughs> Oh, like a, over 150 episodes. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes lot of to episodes. remember what the heck you talked about. <laughs> anyway, today we are doing the cooperative deck building game. It's not as much a deck building game, but cooperative superhero game, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Now, yes. Sentinels of the Multiverse is actually an old game. It's been around for a while, quite a while. In fact, I actually believe we may have done a very brief powered gaming on the original sentinels oh really like three years ago that was like a five minute talk at the oh, end of an episode back when we were doing like multiple things yeah when we were doing yeah. like multiple pieces in an episode it was like five minutes long and it was like this game's great Woo! yeah <laughs> it's always been one of my favorite games the reason we're talking about it now is because the sentinels of the multiverse definitive edition is coming out soon yes. Uh, I actually kickstarted this and a bunch of other people kickstarted it. Uh, so a bunch of people have copies already. I have my copy. I got it in maybe like a week or two we ago. We got it early. And it officially <laughs> releases, I believe, in February, February yes. 25th, I think. Uh, so this is a little preview for you about what the differences are. A little sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sentinels of the Multiverse is, like I said, a cooperative card-based game for one to five players, ages 14 and up, but I don't really think there's that much. It's kind of the same way that comics are, like, rated teen, just because there's a bunch of people punching each other in explosions and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, like, boobs or sexuality no. or, like, gore or anything in this. If it's anything, just like, there's sometimes, like, big words that you're like, yeah. this is complicated and I have to figure out how this works. Yeah, there's some rules that kind of, like, stack on stack in different decks. Uh, you get to choose from a selection of heroes. Everybody picks a hero, uh, and all the heroes have different capabilities. Like there's, and they're all unique to this Sentinels multiverse. They're not. Uh, it's not like DC characters or Marvel characters. Nope. They're unique, special heroes. For instance, there's like uh, Tachyon is the speedster. Uh, there's uh, the fanatic is this like angelic looking person kind of uh, spawn character-esque hold on i'm just grabbing the box so i can give you oh jeez. <laughs> there's uh the one that you see a lot is their version of superman his name's legacy there's like the yep. wraith is like a tech-based kind of batman-esque character bunker is like a big iron man looming kind of armor thing so you have a lot of options to choose from this the this pack comes with how many heroes? Let me see. <laughs> How many heroes do you get to choose from? 
uh, 12. That's awesome. That's a good amount of heroes and, and playable yeah. characters. So you have 12, 12 heroes to choose from. You also choose a villain, and the villain is going to run out of their villain deck. There are six villain cards, six villain characters to choose from, mm -hmm. and there's also six environment decks to choose from. So you're kind of fighting both the villains and also the environments. Uh, correct. <laughs> uh, effectively, it's the job of all the heroes to uh, defeat the villain. The environment is there to cause different buffs and debuffs and just kind of mix up the thing. And chaos. Yeah, chaos. <laughs> the environment is a chaotic element. It affects both the villains and the heroes and it's a really interesting mechanic that not a lot of games have used uh that really makes it feel like a comic book because they're very it's like atlantis and like the surface of mars and stuff like very comic booky things that just shift everything that's happening it also really enhances the replayability because mm -hmm. you know there's only six villains but there's 12 hero characters you can play off there's six villains that you can fight against and then there's six environments so the combinations are effectively yeah. endless the original game has something to the tune of three or four expansions and one alternate game. Uh, I think there's an alternate game called Vengeance where you actually play as the villains. Um, hopefully the Definitive Edition will come out with new uh, expansions as well that fit in with the new art style and stuff like that that happens in this one. Uh, but... At the very least, I don't imagine it would be really a problem to if you had those other expansions to add them into this. Because the game itself still ultimately functions the same way. Uh, there's just a little bit of extra flavor and a little bit of extra kind of storytelling options, uh, which we'll get into uh, as we discuss the game a bit more. First off, we want to talk about the uh, materials that come in this box. Yep. Uh, the original Sentinels was a much smaller box than this one. Yes. And that mainly comes from the amount of stuff you get in this. Uh, you get these big, huge hero cards that are your hero card that kind of goes out, and then your deck plays off of it, and your hero card will always be out and have uh, certain like your power, listed. your like baseline power on it. Uh, you get big old villain cards. The nice thing is, is that they actually added alternate hero cards in this. So in addition to the 12 regular hero cards, there's 12 what they call first appearance hero cards. Uh, and they look like a graded first appearance comic book. It's really cute. It's so cute. And they give you a different power. So it again, as T mentioned, replayability. You know, you could play Legacy once and have this power, or you could play them a different time and have a different power. Exactly. And I think that's a really nice touch. Um, the cards themselves are nice. Definitely worth sleeving if you want to sleeve like. Oh yeah. Hundreds of cards. <laughs> um, hey, that is some people's favorite pastime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Most of the buffs and debuffs and damage trackers are done with little cardboard punch outs. So you get the fun. One of my favorite parts about getting board games is always taking out the, the sprues and just punching. <laughs> <laughs> just punching them all out, putting them in piles. It's very satisfying. It is very satisfying. <laughs> cool thing about this one, uh, which is nice and has is becoming a trend, but it comes with a bunch of Ziploc bags. It actually comes with more Ziploc bags than I would have wanted. Usually I'm left with less. You know yeah. what I mean? Usually it's like, hey, you have like 10 different token types and here's three bags. Yeah. It's like, it's not even even. If you gave me five, <laughs> I could accept that. But like three, uh, this gives you, I actually had a bag left over after I put everything away and I was like, well, I guess I'll separate these two tokens. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things that the Definitive Edition added in, and this is going to seem 
silly. Uh, <laughs> no. Is it actually, <laughs> they added in HP tracker, like, cardboard dials. Yes. Normally, you would have had to just stack damage on Your yourself. And you still do that with the villains and any environment creatures or anything that come up. But... For you yourself, you get this little tracker, which just cleans up the table. It was always kind of a messy game. Yeah. Because everybody has, you know, like, average of, like, 30 to 35 HP. So when you just start taking damage, you're eventually just like, ah, there's tokens everywhere. Like, you needed a, that's the thing, is that you needed, like, a really large space in order to manage this game. You needed, like, a big table or to try and do it on the floor. And as an owner of cats, trying to play a game on the floor is not a successful event. So the fact that now, like... You don't have to have so much space for everyone because your damage tokens are mixing up with their damage tokens and everybody's just a lot cleaner and has a much neater personal space. It's a much nicer It definitely aids in the setup and tear down. The addition of having multiple Ziploc bags is nice because you can just leave the tokens in the bags. You don't have to have like just a pile of tokens in the middle. Um, It's nice. I I know you guys get it. A nice little health tracker is just a cool way to do it, you know? Um, And they're sturdy. Like, they don't feel, like, flimsy, like it's going to break after you play it a couple times. Like, it's, it's, they're They're heavy chongus, and that's nice. And the villain one is, like, huge, which is cool. Uh, And it goes up really high. We played the villain with, like, the highest HP our first time playing this one. which was 200. Yeah, it was. So many. But it's cool. It's beautiful. It's they redid. I believe they redid a bunch of the art. I don't know if all the it's been a while since I played the original. So I don't know if all the individual card art is different, but I feel like the hero art is. Yeah. Um, I kickstarted this. So I also got a nice little pack of foil cards, which is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're feeling fancy, fancy, uh, <laughs> you know, dive in on that. Uh, I didn't use those. I'm just going to keep those sealed because I'm me he's a crazy collector Uh, is what he is uh the box box also and this is another thing that i hope becomes a standard in these very card heavy games Uh, and so far like the marvel card games like uh five minute marvel marvel champions they both did this i believe marvel champions did it's been a while since i've opened that but uh it comes with dividers for all the different decks yes so you just like pop open the decks and then you've got these dividers and you just like filter them out uh, the box is very well spaced. Sometimes card games can leave space for expansions and stuff, which leaves you with this huge box and not a ton of cards, and then they just fall all over the place. Yeah. Um, this one does not feel that way, which is nice. Yeah. So it's it's cool. It's it, They took a lot of time kind of seeing what things they could streamline while keeping it feeling very similar uh, to, to the original. To the original. So... I think the only thing that I would have liked to see, and maybe this was in the plan, they just didn't get enough funding, but I think they got a ton of funding, so it might have just not been in the plan. Uh, like cardboard standees would be really standees fun. Standees would have been. I'm really kind of obsessed cool. with standees after <laughs> the uh, X Men Mutant Insurrection game. I'm like standees, just hit me with some standees. I don't need minis. <laughs> standees, or even just like I don't know something cool to kind of like show off the individual Heroes. characters yeah but i guess there's no real like point in a standee in this game because you don't really like move around anything you just kind of stay still and, yeah you know anyway those are the materials the game itself uh functions 
as follows. You, like I said, you have a villain deck, you have an environment deck, and everyone has a hero deck. Uh, it goes in order of phases. It goes villain phase, then all the heroes take their phase in whatever order you guys decide on, and then the environment takes its phase. Each phase opens with, or each round, sorry, goes in rounds. Villain round, player round, and then environment, environment round. And then those rounds are made up of phases. So you have a start phase. Different cards can have things that say they happen in the start phase. Uh, on the villain round, they will then play the top card of the villain deck. And anything that that card says happens, happens. Mm -hmm. And then you have the end phase, which any cards that say at end phase, this happens. Player round is made up very similar. You have a start phase. Then you have a play phase. So you play a card out of your hand. Your hand starts at four. Uh, and you always just draw one card at the, you play one card and then you draw one card, but there's not really like a hand maximum. If you have cards that allow you to draw more, you can draw more. Mm -hmm. Um, so you play a card from your hand, then you can activate a power. There's the power phase. So different cards will say power on them and you can activate those to do different abilities. Uh, like I said, your hero card, your big hero card that you have out on the table also has a power. So you always have at least one power right. active. Then you move into the draw phase where you draw one card. If you did not play a card or use a power in your turn, so if you did neither of those two phases for whatever reason, you could draw two cards. It's handy for a lot of characters. There are characters I played the Wraith, uh, and her big thing is having a lot of items. Right. She has a card that lets you discard items to do damage, which is one of her like biggest attacks. She doesn't have a lot of attacks otherwise. Uh, so her whole thing is like avoiding damage and using these item cards to uh, do different things. That said, the cards are made up of multiple different types. There are items. There are things called one shots, which are basically instants. The seconds they happen, they happen. There are ongoings, which are something that you put down and it just exists. There are cards that are limited. So either items or ongoings that are limited, you can only have one of those out at a time. Mm -hmm. There are multiple of those in the deck, but you can't have them active at the same time. Uh, then the environment gets to take a turn, and it functions mostly the same as the villain, villain turn. Uh, it does start phase, then it draws the top card, and then it... Uh, end phase. End phase. And like I said, the environment does a lot of things that affect kind of everybody, uh, we were playing in Atlantis, and one of the cards we kept out the longest was something that gave everyone a minus one to damage dealt. Right. Reason we did that is because the villain we were playing uh, is effectively like an elemental, and her whole thing is that her villain deck is made up of a bunch of tentacles, like primal limbs, right. they're called, and they do tons of damage and attacks. So we kept these minus ones out for as long as we could because Tachyon was getting obliterated, um, which was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it was it was painful. So, yeah, uh, gameplay goes around just like that. The goal, obviously, is to defeat the villain. Mm -hmm. All the villain cards have a flip side, which changes how the villain works, uh, changes what their in turn or start turn or whatever it might be is. Um those villains flip when certain conditions are met. So this particular villain that we were playing flipped whenever the environment deck ran out and had to be reshuffled. Because mm -hmm. any decks that run out, if you have, if you go to draw a card, any deck that is empty, you shuffle it, the trash back in. So the, if the environment trash got reshuffled, reshuffled, then she flipped. Yeah. Um, hero cards also have a flip. So if your HP gets to zero, 
you flip. You're not dead or anything or defeated. You're simply incapacitated. Uh, basically, what that means is on your turn, you have three different things you can do. It's typically buffing people and giving your friends uh, different benefits, like letting them draw or play right. extra time. You effectively times. stop being able to play, yeah. but your existence gives benefits to the other players yeah. your, instead. Your deck becomes null but you get to let other people play more, draw more, and things like that. Exactly. And it can be pretty clutch. It's actually the uh, both T and one of our friends got knocked out, and me and one of our other friends, we were playing a four-player game, uh, were still in the game, and the boons that they gave us back-to-back -back effectively is what won the game yeah. for us because it let us play a few extra times and kind of build to a point uh, where we were able to just wipe the board and do really well one of the things that i really like about this game and have liked from the beginning is that it accommodates what i consider the two different types of card game players um there's the type of card game player who wants to play a different character every single time they want to start new they want to start fresh they want to learn something new they want to play something different they're you know they get bored easy they want diversity this game accommodates that because there's 12 different cards, your 12 different characters, mm -hmm. and they each have different power possibilities for each different turn because there's two different start powers. That's Chris's type of playing. He wants to play a different character every time. Here it comes. I am the other type of player. I'm about to get chastised. The other type of player is the type of player who wants to play the same character every single time they want to play. I'm, ab I'm about to get in trouble. He is about to get in trouble. <laughs> I... Have always played the Argent Adept. The Argent Adept. He is effectively a bard. <clears throat> he's kind of he like is, a white mage. Yeah. He's a white mage bard. He is like music based. He gives buffs. He gives health back. He's very helpful. He's great. I think it's a completely valid type of gameplay to want to play the same character every time, especially in this type of game where when you're mixing up environments, you're mixing up villains, you're mixing up what the other players at the table are playing. You know, your the way you play with other people will change based on the villain mm -hmm. and the environment and the other characters involved. So it's actually very fun and still dynamic, even but this way you really understand the character you're playing and how it can play with others. Yeah. In this particular circumstance, I was made fun of because I always want to play the eight <laughs> or so I being kerfluffled and and harangued. I played a new character. Harangue's a good word for it. <laughs> and in playing a new character, which I played just fine, thank you very much, but yeah, because well. of the circumstances, I got knocked out, and we got in very dire straits. It would have been a lot nicer to have had a mage we, yeah. or a healer we on the field. We did not have a healing character. And suddenly, it was almost like I should have been the character I always want to play, and how helpful that would have been. Moral of the story, whether Say you want no to play, <laughs> whether you want to play the same character every time yeah. or a different character every time, both play styles are valid. And when your friends are giving you nonsense, tell them to hit the road, Jack, because there's nothing wrong with playing how you want to play. Yep. That's, and <laughs> T makes an excellent point in that. The characters are all very different. One yeah. of my favorite things about this game, and you know, it adds to the replayability that we've mentioned multiple times. Absolutely. Is that the characters are very, very different. I have played 
having the old game, I haven't even played all the characters, but I have played a lot of the characters, and they all play very different. Very different. And they all have very specific sorts of strategies that they're building towards. Right. And, you know, one of our friends played Tachyon, I've mentioned it, and she uh, started playing it and started drawing cards and was like, I don't really understand, because she was looking for damage. She was like, I'm going right. to do damage. I'm going to, you know, come in and punch. Yeah. And she wasn't really like getting what the, she didn't draw any cards that really did damage and she was like i don't really understand what i'm supposed to do and then she had one round where she literally played so many cards that she was able to play extra cards and extra cards and extra cards she had like four rounds in one yeah. and she was like i get it now <laughs> this makes sense this, I, I understand under, je comprend. <laughs> uh, because you know tachyon is a speedster so their whole thing is getting a lot of cards out like being able to do a lot of things being able to do multiple turns being able to turn back time and you know then they have like a big power which is them being able to like dump their trash and you know expel yeah do a bunch of damage and it's cool uh you know, that's the fun thing about these characters is when you sit down and you try one and you start playing it a little bit, you're like eventually just like, oh, I, oh, I get, get it. it. You know, like our other friend was playing the fanatic and he kind of felt the same way. He didn't really understand kind of like what was working towards. And then he suddenly like, oh, like it just clicked. Right. Um, it's it's cool. It's it's a super fun game. One of the big gameplay changes that the definitive edition brings in is the option to do more campaign-based, story-based events. We haven't really tried these yet, so I can't speak on them too much because I just really wanted to get involved with the game and I only really had time for, like, one game. One session. Um, so I haven't really tried these yet, but they have villain-based events, they have kind of more general events, and the goal of the events is to feel like a big crossover event, it seems like. So there's neat. goals and, you know... Uh, it's it's effectively like a campaign. It gives it kind of like a legacy feel. That's really cool. Uh, which is a neat addition. I think it, it spices up the franchise without making it like a completely different game. It still lets the game mechanics function while giving it like a story to follow. Even more replayability. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's just, this is such a bonkers game and it's so fun and it works on so many levels and it's very approachable for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. You know, being a deck-based game but not necessarily a deck builder, it appeals to deck builder people who like, you know, getting, like one of my friends who I've played this game a ton with, in fact, he's the person that I once played against two villains with, which was stupid. It didn't go well. It did not go well. <laughs> um... <laughs> He is a huge Magic the Gathering guy, yes. and he loves this game. He loves Sentinels. And it's because it's, you know, for people like that, people in the deck building space, even though you're not necessarily building this deck, it's still getting the deck and getting to understand kind of like what the patterns in it are and, you know, deciphering the numbers. It's like that Zach Galifianakis gif of all the, like, formulas yeah. coming out from uh, the hangover. Um Doing that kind of thing with these decks appeals to people who like deck builder games. That's yeah. why they like deck builder games is kind of figuring out the patterns and figuring right. out, you know, the combos. How to make um, it work the best for you. For people that aren't into deck builders, you still get to get that vibe because you don't have to sit and kind of parse out what cards are better. You don't have to think about the meta of the match. You don't have to think about because the deck's just there. Yeah. You just go, oh, that character looks cool. He looks like he shoots fire. I like shooting fire. I'll take that one. Yeah. You know, and it's nice, but you still get to. And so it connects players 
from like two opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to like card games into card games yeah because they get to share the same joy they both get to be like whoa combos you know what i mean (laughs) i get it i also really appreciate this game because while it's a co-op game it's really not one and we've talked about this before about other games uh we actually mentioned this about x-men mutant insurrection yes does not really make room for quarterbacking no not at all you know i suppose if somebody got in and was like ultra familiar with every character then they might you know if they were that hard of a power gamer, I mean, then A, that's how they're going to play every game. And B, they could probably get away with some quarterbacking. But it's a very cooperative game. It's it's truly cooperative. Because while you might have an idea of something that works for you, you check with other people. Like, there are multiple times where we'll be like, are you going to be able to take out that limb on your turn? Yeah, I got it. Okay, cool. I'm going to do kind of more of a support move. Or I'm going to do something that kind of like preps me. You know, and, and, and some of these characters, like some are very like instantaneous behavior. Like I'm going to do stuff each round, like each round is like a one off behavior and I'm going to do this and then it's done. And then I'm going to go on to the next thing. Some characters are long game. You're like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I need to get this card out. I need to get this card out this round. I'm not going to be able to do anything this round. I'm not going to be able to do anything, but within four rounds, I'm going to be able to do this huge thing. And so everybody just sort of like keep it rolling until we can get to this point. And so nobody can really say like i need you to do this because that might not be what's optimized for them in their deck yeah exactly so it it supports communication it supports looking at people and being like hey before i play this is this going to f you up i mean there are cards again the fanatic has cards that are full board wipes they wipe out everything everything except for hero and villain card like the main card so, like, all the bad guy cards, all the limb cards are gone, all the ongoings are gone. All your all powers are gone. powers are gone. So, it just wipes. And, you know, you don't want somebody just throwing that down without talking to you. Admittedly, I admitted mid-game that I totally would just t- for giggles. Because that's who I am. Don't judge me. <laughs> I would just... And it's funny because it's a start turn. It board wipes. So, you have to play it and then make it a whole round back to you before it board wipes. And we found out about that card and we were like, oh, hell yeah, because the main way to damage the bat, the boss in this particular boss is to destroy the limbs. Yeah, that villain. Every time a limb gets destroyed, she takes damage. Um, and so board wiping when she had like eight limbs out was a huge boon. But I told my friend, I was like, I'd totally just play that card. <laughs> I just have like a nice quiet little turn, like let other people talk. And I'm just like, mm, I'm going to play this. And then um, I guess I'll draw and I'll do this power and get like another draw. And then, okay, I'm done. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> and then like when it gets back to my turn, just start like removing cards from people. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, what are you these doing? are mine. No touchies. Uh, don't do that. That's a unfriendly way of playing that's a that's a friend ruiner for the giggles for me if you want to ruin your friendships go play mario party (laughs) yeah right (laughs) sentinels in the multiverse i love you so much you're absolutely one of my favorite games that i've ever played i'm always excited to play it uh i saw this kickstarter hit and i was like hell yeah and went all in on it and uh it's it's wonderful february 25th i believe it comes out it should be in stores available on amazon but support your LGSs don't buy it on Amazon. Um, unless you have to, unless you don't have an LGS. Uh, it's great. It's it's, very it's good. worth it. It's a, it's a cool game and I hope everybody picks it up and it becomes the most popular game of all time because it's just it, it so much it. fun. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you want more episodes of Powered Gaming and all the other games we've talked about that even we don't remember, or any of our normal episodes, you can find that on our website, coveryoupodcast.com. If you just really like hearing our voices and the way we talk about things, either through audio or text, you can find us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cover B Podcast. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. We always have a good time talking about games with you guys. Heck I hope yeah. everybody has a good week. Uh, get out there and be kind to each other and get out there and play some games with people that you love. It's a good thing. As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. You know it. And you have been listening to Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. Bye.